2: Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 10th of July, 2014, and half of your hosts are here at any rate. Well, actually, all of your hosts are here, but one of them isn't Dave Davies. because Dave Davies is in New York doing training today. So, uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and sitting in Dave's, uh, Dave's place, right across from me in the theater of the mind, is the one only, the Queen of Ladonia. The director of SEO at at the Tribune Company, chief strategist at she sells, she sells search strategies. The incomparable Carolyn Shelby, Carolyn, welcome to to Webcology.
0: Thank you for having me, Jim. I'm very happy to be filling in. Yeah, I I I was looking at uh,
2: your 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 Facebook profile to make sure that I I got your uh, associations right. I'm director of SEO at uh, Tribune Company. <laughs> And chief strategist at Seashell Search Strategy. Did you mean to, like, start a uh, a tongue twister for a company name?
0: No. No, that was, I, so I needed to have Seashell in there because that's the company name, but I added search strategies so that I could have search in the term and rank higher in the uh, Google local listings.
2: So Shelby sells SEOs by the seashore. That's a lake. It's a lake, actually.
0: Yeah, Seashell sea sells SEO by the lakeshore.
2: <laughs> There's a mouthful. Okay, so Carolyn, thank you so much for sitting in for Dave. Um, and again, folks, Dave Davis will be back next week. He's in New York uh, doing training for somebody or another, at work or something. How often do you go to New York to work?
0: Most of the I thought, time. Really? I, always thought,
2: I only thought people who were born in New York go there to work.
0: Really? What else would you do there?
2: I don't know. Conference.
0: that's working
2: ish Um, drink that's
0: That's working working ish
2: well yeah we do have we do have a weird job a weird work world um i don't know tourism i guess that's workish too
0: oh but there's then there's tourists
2: yeah their work yeah matt cuts if he was in new york he probably wouldn't be working he's on a leave of absence um, this actually broke just after Webcology went off the air last week. This is, well, this is the problem with having a show on like a Thursday afternoon. You, uh, companies save all of their fun or big announcements for like, you know, Thursday afternoon or Friday so that, you know, people don't talk about it over the week. Anyway, Matt Cutts announced last week on his blog that he's taking a leave of absence until at least October. That's kind of that, that, that's that, that's almost like a sea change in the um, in the industry. Well, what will we do for a whole summer without Matt telling us? Um, what's what?
0: I I secretly hope there will be a lot less panicking and overreacting to imagined insinuations. Um, so I'm actually sort of looking forward to maybe a brief period of calm. I think the question is: Is somebody else from Google going to pop their head up and? start issuing the, you know, the vague and veiled and ambiguous little comments in his place while he's gone. If that's the case, it's going to be all sorts of hysteria starting over. But if it truly is just, he's going off the grid for, you know, three, four months, and there's nobody that's going to step in and say, yo, I'm the new Matt Cuts, I think, I think maybe we'll have a little bit of peace and calm for a couple months and people can calm, <laughs> slow the roll. <laughs> well,
2: why, why do you say that? Like when when, when Matt cuts makes a pronouncement on video or um, answers questions. That's a when Matt cuts,
0: When he rubs his nose with his left hand instead of his right hand, everyone freaks out. It's any little thing that he does causes people to immediately run back and try to figure out what the hell's going on with their website, and it gets it, it wears on you. I, I, it's very difficult to constantly be fielding emails from every, you know, all parts of the country going, oh, my God, I just heard Matt Cutts said, blah, 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 blah. What does this mean for us? And then I have to spend an hour saying, well, actually, I don't think it means anything for us because blah, 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 blah. You know, so I'm hoping that it's it's just going to mean a little bit of a reduction in, in spazzing.
2: So if 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 Matt Cut shows up at work on video sometime between like October and November in like this uh, shorts and tie suit from J.Crew, um, that was supposed to get a better reaction. It's much funnier. No,
0: I, no, because I'm I'm thinking that in my head, and I'm like, I he's a it great still, guy, but he is a little a little too old to rock that look.
2: Yeah, he's not. He's Matt's not the hipster that we want him to be. Now, um,
0: anyone who's over 23 is too old to rock that look, especially in an actual professional environment. I've, I've been trying
2: to write an article on changes that have been happening in the SEO field and how it feels like how SEO is actually going back to the way it used to be. You know, where there was a concentration on like high-quality content, um, quality titles, uh, being really descriptive and making it simple for spiders to get from A to B to C to the end of your website and back again. Um, rather than focused on link building. And uh, that, was a, that was a much calmer period than the last five years have been, where everything, again, has been focused on instant results seen through link building. But, Carolyn, why do you think people freak out when when Matt makes some pronouncement? Like, what's that? Why do they do that? It's well, just
0: lately it's a signal. Been, it's just a signal, but when... You know think back to when everyone was uh, what was the phrase spamming and jamming? they were making they were making money hand over fist and the spam the, the search quality and spam team would make one change and knock people's websites just out of the index or down to page five or something. and their business would go from tens of thousands of dollars dollars a month to nothing. People would freak out and, and were conditioned to start hyperventilating every time something came out of Google because their business would die. Your business lived and died by by what was going on in Google. And as long as you were you were running the boards, you were making tons of money. If any little thing changed, because people were focusing on the quick fixes and the instant gratification and they weren't doing the fundamentals and building things up, you know the right way, building a solid foundation, they were they were blowing whichever which way Google wanted them to blow, and their business would end. I would hyperventilate about that too.
2: Well, indeed, but I mean, you're you're an experienced SEO. You've been in the industry probably, probably at least almost, if not as long as as long as I have. Um, you don't freak out when Matt makes pronouncement, do you?
0: No, 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 not anymore. But I, I do end up having to explain to people that are freaking out why this is not something we need to freak out about.
2: No, no, I, I I just want to contextualize your calmness for a second, listeners. Realize that the woman you're listening to is responsible for the Chicago Tribune and the network of newspapers they own, which includes like the L.A. Times. uh, Or actually, no, I don't even know what the what the Tribune owns anymore. But I know it's a hell of a lot. And you don't freak out when changes get made
0: we you can't you can't freak out i mean i would have had a heart attack 10 years ago if if i if i allowed myself to spazz at the level that i've seen the spazzing occur it's um as long as you're not actively gaming the system and doing something wrong and you don't have all your eggs in one basket your business won't crumble if you've got yourself set up in a situation where if that one facet of your business takes a hit you're done you know, you, you made your own bed, but I, it's understandable that you'd be kind of hyperactive about it. It's still, it's a bad situation to get yourself into. And that's another one of those things where when people come crying because they got themselves into that situation, you just have to look at them and say, you know, lack of planning on your part is not an emergency on mine. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you made your bed, lie in it. So, But it's a cautionary tale. People shouldn't be, they should diversify you you can't it is not a sustainable business model to say that all of your traffic comes from google well you, indeed you can't unless you're google which you know obviously all of their traffic would come from themselves you can't do that you have to you have to diversify where your links are coming from where your traffic is coming from your 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 money streams is it offline google isn't the end all be all and if you build your entire life around it yeah it's a uh, it's pretty scary when they change the algorithm.
2: Absolutely. Now, one of one of the reasons I don't panic when algorithm changes happen, or when uh, uh, updates are added, or when they introduce an entirely new way of sorting information, like Hummingbird, is because I try to read in advance. You know, we you know we were we we're, we're, we're privy to patents that Google files. We're privy to Bill Slosky, who uh, actually understands the patents at Google files. Um, and sometimes we're privy to documents like the one Jen Slag got a hold of the other day. Uh, Jennifer Slagg, um, aka JenSense, former writer at Search Engine Watch, now uh, publishing her own um, her own search marketing-focused um, daily magazine, the SEM Post. Uh, you can look at it at the sempost.com by the way she got a hold of a uh, google quality ratings guidelines for the team of like live quality raters like live quality reviewers that work for google 3 months ago they published version 5 and it gives a uh, indication of of what Google wants its live people to look for when, when considering what are quality signals um, or authoritative signals from a from a web page a document, a video, or, or, or a website. Um, before jumping totally into this document, the, 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 I, I I have this weird thing for the the newer SEO phenomena where there's like you know the the people who know just enough to be dangerous, like you need to build links and call that SEO. They're um, trying to find a right way to emphasize that there's a whole bunch of history and context that go into every technique that, that, that SEOs use. There's a reason for doing things, and often you might, where you might do something in one circumstance, you totally wouldn't do it in another. Um, did you get a chance to, uh, to look at the quality rating guidelines that, that Jen published the other day, Carolyn?
0: You know, I I saw the link, but I have not yet had an opportunity to to read it. So I apologize that I am getting all of my information from you.
2: Okay, well, there's a, uh, a really quick acronym that uh, I guess sort of overarches. Um, Google's expectations of their of their live reviewers that acronym is eat eat that accentuates uh, expertise authoritativeness and trustworthiness so um you know they they they're looking for sites that you know either feature experts um And an expert doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's credentialed. It just has to be somebody who has a huge amount of experience with uh, a certain topic. Uh, The example used in the uh, guideline book or in the the article uh, that Jen Slagg published the other day, um, you don't have to be an oncologist to be an expert around dealing with cancer. There's a heck of a lot of cancer patients who are experts at dealing with cancer. So somebody who writes a uh, <coughs> somebody who writes a blog about you know living with cancer may rank as well as a extremely well known doctor or somebody who's written about cancer in a medical journal.
0: Is there guidance in the document concerning what? they use to determine expertness does that make sense
2: there is not at least not in the I haven't seen the document I've seen the article Jen wrote on the document okay. um, and in Jen's in Jen's, uh, Jen's write up there isn't um, there's no way to quantify expertise per se um, I think then we move into um, the other two parts of EAT, authoritativeness and trustworthiness. Is the, per- is the person who's not, who's not credentialed um, providing authoritative sources, are they able to explain with authority and um, using you know, the, the array of factors that, that you might use as an SEO, um, do the users, the readers trust the material that's on the page? Are they going back to it again and again? Are they sticking on it when they when they land on the page um, or are they just bouncing away to something else? Um do other people link to it who pass the um, expertise authority trustworthy test?
0: see, I find that that concept interesting because I think that there are certain circles where there are a lot of people linking to articles that they believe are written by experts and they believe the content to be gospel truth. But the FDA and the you know FCC think that that person maybe is a criminal and a quack. So yeah, I, I can see situations where there could be a perception of authoritativeness and a perception mm-hmm. of expertise by a large number of civilians. But you could talk to someone in maybe a scientific field or in a different field or in the government, and they're going to have a very different opinion uh, well, regarding the quality and accuracy of that content. So that creates a subjective kind of judgment call on the part of the quality raters, I would imagine.
2: Well, I, I, I think you're right, and I don't know if there's a way around that. Um, either with a live human or algorithmically. Um, Looking at at, at the same issue from the opposite perspective, uh, remember what happened with Dr. Oz a couple weeks ago?
0: Oh, yeah. Everybody Uh, loves him, but if he says that a green coffee bean is going to make you lose weight, there's a run on green coffee beans, even though it's not necessarily true.
2: Now, this guy is a a credentialed physician. Um, Apparently, he's a superstar surgeon, and Oprah loves him. But he's, you know, to what to some degree, he's been called out for selling snake oil. So that's going to happen both ways, you know. It's going it, to it, it people with either commercial or, in some cases, um, you know, misinformed opinion will get through. Um, That'll happen algorithmically or with live humans.
0: Well, and I just think that that shows that there's still an opportunity for those that would game the system to game the system. Because if if you try hard enough and if you're charismatic and if you can get enough people to follow you, if enough people say you're an expert and that, you know, your work is accurate and and gospel truth, then the perception becomes reality. And then, you know, does that still make it right?
2: Well... Then you know that 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 brings us to like you know what information is and isn't right. You know, um, I have a really hard time with that in in the in trying to visualize how search results are compiled because algorithm. I mean, algorithmic information is just information. Um, I don't know if Google runs things through Snopes or runs things through the American Medical Journal. Before oh, absolutely not. On, online, not. Of course, they don't.
0: Have you Have you spoken to any of the human beings that they have working for the Google Local and calling businesses up to get them to get their local listings squared away? Uh, actually, yeah, I have. So, if the if the average competency level of the quality raters is at all equivalent to or in the ballpark of the people that I've spoken to from Google Local. We have a huge problem, Houston.
2: Well, indeed. I, I, I suspect that the competency is a little different. Um, one is hired through Craigslist. The other is hired through college. <laughs> you know? Um, so.
0: Well, no, I heard Google's hiring fewer uh, college grads because the non-college grads are, uh, tend to have a higher success rate.
2: Well, they've, they've removed the necessity to have, like, a four GPA, On your uh,
0: well, that was generous.
2: uh, Indeed, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, I believe they've removed that. I I I I think they still appreciate the commitment a uh, college education proves, but um, I'm 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 glad they've moved away from the necessity to have that degree because there's a lot of talent that doesn't go the college or university route.
0: I I agree, and I I think that any any business that eliminates potentially exceptional candidates simply because they don't have a bachelor's degree in advanced underwater basket weaving is dooming themselves or at least hurting themselves.
2: Okay. There's a little bit more in the document that we, uh, that we we should touch on. We're going to have to take a break in a few minutes. So before we leave um, the subject of Google's uh, live quality rating guide, supplementary content gets mentioned a couple times. Um, You know, like supplementary content is stuff that's not as important as the topical content. Um, You know, it could be old articles. It could be um, a uh, a, a reference to something that's uh, ancillary to the topic of your page. It could be your about page, what have you. Those pages still probably won't rank really well on a search but the quality of those pages is now being taken into consideration. So at one time, you know, you had to spend a huge amount of time on the pages that you knew you wanted ranked, and you didn't really care about the ones that, you know, that you need an about page, you need a contact page, you need uh, you need all the filler that goes into the back end, that's in the back end of your website, all your archives. But you didn't expect a lot of rankings from them. So you didn't put a lot of, um, you know, effort into maintaining or into even even creating an an excellent about page that's going to get looked at now um google to to quote the article now google considers valuable supplementary supplementary content to include um to include items showing similar makes or showing similarities between items um Google wants the ability to go between pieces of supplementary information and draw out topics, draw out, um, draw information out from it to complement what um, what well, complement its impression of the content on the page that it's actively ranking. That was a hard one to work around in my brain to uh, to try to explain. <laughs> so, like, say you're ranking a page on blue widgets, right? Is there information that supports that page that's found in, in supplementary information? So Google, you know, the Google's live uh, live reviewers are being asked to look for quality in the back of the in the back of websites. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I guess it, I guess the takeaway from that is everyone's got to work harder.
0: Well, I imagine there's going to, from that, there's going to be developed best practices for ways to set up your about page and ways to set up your staff pages. And if the, the phrasing that they want to easily surface or see surfaced supporting documentation or related documentation, related articles, I can see a couple different scenarios that would naturally evolve from that, that people could start building into their, their content management systems to automatically provide related information for authors and different topics that they've done. So I mean, and even WordPress already does some of that, it would just be in the implementation. So I, I think that's actionable.
1: So apparently we just had a – where Jim's kind of just uh, lost in the shuffle. I guess um, that Roger's cable internet is throttling for him a little bit. So I'm going to just jump in real quick and hold that thought right there, Carolyn. We're going to take ourselves to commercial, reconnect with Jim, and we'll be back with more Web College after this. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short
3: break. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast.
2: at BruceClay.com.
1: Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger
2: and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 10th of June, of July, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I'm back, joined by Carolyn Shelby yep, from uh, The Trib and Co. And uh, we're going to be talking about gated content in just a moment. But I just noticed on Facebook, and you might have as well for a particular reason, Carolyn... You know what the fastest rising name for baby boys in twenty fourteen is?
0: Oh, I saw that list and I don't remember what it was. So, oh, is it Archer? It's Archer. Oh my God, that's awesome, it's Archer! <laughs> Indeed, my pal- faith in humanity is restored. That's you know, awesome. There's a whole
2: bunch of there's a whole bunch of stuff I could say, but um, we're uh, we're on clear channel now, so I can't say it. Darned. Um, yeah, it's not j- j- bizarre.
0: Quick, quick, related, I tweeted at uh, the Sterling Archer Twitter account. He made a comment, I made a comment back. he retweeted it and said, "Swoon. I ran not around the sploosh. house screaming, "No, swoon, not sploosh, swoon I made him swoon, so I got that I got that response, and I ran around the house shrieking for like ten minutes. I was so excited, so
2: yes as, as I said um, <laughs> Okay, I, I just find that bizarre. Uh, Archer, as uh, that, that's for, for my generation, that would be like naming your kid Scooby. Really? Well, I'm not really that old. No, no,
0: know. no, because Scooby Doo is stupid, and Archer is awesome. So it's not at all the same thing.
2: Not at all. No. no not okay.
0: Scooby Doo <laughs> is a talking dog with a speech impediment who and. hangs out with with a pothead.
2: And Archer, well, and Archer, Archer. is hangs Archer. out with a lot of drug addicts as a narcissistic killer.
0: But he's, but he's an international spy with a license to kill, and he's awesome.
2: And he is awesome, and he and has he's not
0: a, a talking dog. Uh,
2: well, actually, that I think that, you know, there's, there's a number of cartoon women who might, uh, who might, who, who might beg to differ.
0: Well, perhaps a dog in that in that manner, but not literally a Great Dane. That's true. So. Yeah.
2: Although Scooby-Doo could talk. Like, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. He's a dog.
0: Shoot. I would not name my kid after a talking dog. I'm sorry.
2: I, I wouldn't name my kid after a cartoon <laughs> in general. But anyway, I just found that amazing. Archer, number one name for... Uh, so I can, I, I, I can see when I'm like, when I'm retiring, when I'm leaving my career... When I'm done with, like, all things tech, I'll be handing the keys to whatever company, to some new executive named Archer.
0: <laughs> and Thanks. he will probably have the good sense to say, oh, it's a family name. And then, you know, we can all go about and pretend that it's not actually because his parents named him after the cartoon.
2: There you go. Wow. Suddenly suddenly my dystopic fantasy feels better. Thank you.
0: They'll they they'll come up with some sort of cover story to to make it more palatable for you.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, but the thing is, they'll have to rehearse it on everybody else who thinks it's amazing that they're named Archer as well. Okay. Um, there's a piece in Search Engine Land that was published today, written by Janet Driscoll Miss Janet Driscoll Miller. Should you gate content? The SEO implications. Now, Carolyn, you are the lead. SEO, the Director of Search Engine Optimization for some of the United States' largest newspapers and their holdings. You've come across this uh, conundrum before. Can gated content rank on a search engine and should gated content rank on a search engine? If if there's publishers out there, what should they be thinking about, um, you know, the idea of a subscriber revenue model?
0: Well... So with the newspapers, it's there there's been mechanisms in place on Google to allow the search engines uninhibited access to the content for crawling purposes while still stopping people after a certain number of interactions with the content. In order to qualify for that program, you do have to allow people to, you know, a certain number of free views, you know, per month or whatever the the, the time frame is. Um, but then you can start being annoying and harassing them about, hey, we'd really like you to surrender your email address and sign up for this free account. Um, And then, at least in our situation, we also have different tiers of content. We have truly free content. We have content that's behind the paywall, and then we have premium content that you don't even have access to if you have a registered account. So there's, there's different levels there. I don't think that... I think that having the paywall itself is a boon to lead capture, which is what this, this article is about because people who do come to your site on a regular basis you know, someone that comes to, let's say the Chicago Tribune uh, four times in the span of a month. They're coming back pretty regularly. They're consuming our content. We feel that it's fair for them to sign up for a free account and all that we're asking in return is their email address. Um, you know, we're not saying it's going to cost you five dollars a month. There are the the compliance rate is actually pretty high. I think where you run into issues is if you're immediately asking someone to give you money. Um, and the implicate Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. The only SEO com- implication I can think of, um, because the search engines are really are really pretty good about it. If you're not offering them any free views, it's going to be a problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you – where was I going with this?
2: <laughs> well, let, 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 me, let me ask you a question. Why does, um, why does Google require you to offer uh, offer your uh, visitors X number of free views?
0: I think that's really easy to answer. If you go back to their, you know, their self-stated prime directive, it's create a good user experience. And it's not a good user experience if half the links on page one go to content that you can't read unless you surrender a credit card number. Okay. I mean, I think that's, that's cut and dried. And I, and I can definitely understand that from their point of view.
2: I remember years ago, Google instructed the New York Times when they put up, when they put up their first payroll. New, uh, the Times put up a paywall, removed it, and then uh, about two years ago, put it back up again. But years ago, when they first put up the paywall, um, Google required the New York Times to, have, to allow all clicks that came from Google.com to go through to a, a free-to-read article.
0: And that, and that's, that still goes back to the whole user experience because it's a bad user experience to have people click through to something that they can't actually see. And I do get situations where I will click through on things and it goes to a site that it's not necessarily, that it's not free. And these are smaller sites. So I have a suspicion that they're giving a different experience to the people than they are to the search engines, which by the way, people you're not supposed to do, um, and it pops up an overlay that says oh before you can proceed you need to sign up for our mailing list. Those are annoying and that is a bad user experience and i i find that offensive and irritating and i'm sure that google would agree and also find that irritating but that's why they have that rule so that it they have hopefully a consistently good user experience because if it becomes a consistently bad user experience People will start to not use that search engine anymore, and then they will lose market share, and the universe will collapse, and there will be a rift in the time space continuum, and it will just be awful. One of the
2: things that Google is constantly um, looking for evaluating, um, and evaluating, and not maybe so much with um, an entity the size and reputation of the Trib, but with much smaller publishers, is things like um, inline advertising, um, you know, text that appears. Um, in part of the body content, but it's reading an ad, mm-hmm. that breaks the user experience. You're reading an article, and then suddenly, there's this non sequential eat at Joe's, and then you get back to your article content again. Right. Um, I know Google's really looking for that, and that shuts down or limits a revenue stream for you know smaller to medium-sized publishers. And again, I realize your experience, uh, Carolyn, is with like, behemoths, with massive, massive publishers. But... For the smaller to medium-sized publisher who, you know, maybe they have a great audience and an audience that, that, that would pay, is there anything they should think about, um, you know, beyond the chance that they might lose traffic? But from an SEO perspective, before putting up a, a subscriber section or a paywall section?
0: I think just making sure that the content that is available for free and is available to be crawled by the search engine's is properly optimized and contains, if not the depth of the content that they've got behind the paywall, teasers of the content that they've got behind the paywall. Because if you hide something entirely behind that, that, in that walled garden, Google's not going to know that it's there at all. You have to at least provide teasers so that there's some clue that this is a place people can go to get that information
2: what do uh thinking on thinking on the scale that you work on what uh what do you think about information bleed via social media
0: personally i don't mind as long as it results in traffic coming back to the site at some point now i think there's a difference between what we do at the newspaper and what this particular article is talking about because this is focusing on lead generation. The newspaper primarily makes, we make money on eyeballs, not conversions. So I don't necessarily care if you convert when you show up. I know that I probably shouldn't say that, but as long as the page loads and your eyeballs look at it, it's going to help us. There are other businesses though where, it doesn't matter how many people come look at the site. If nobody converts, it's it's a failure.
2: Okay, so for for you, and again, the, the, uh, I imagine this works with publishers at, at at your scale. As long as the ads resolve X number of times, you've had a successful experience. Or sorry, as, as long as X number of ads resolve, you've had a successful experience, and your metrics are solid. Yes. Uh smaller publications, they need to get those sign-ups, they need to get those readers. And in some cases, because they don't have the inventory, they need to get they need to actually get click-throughs to make it like, you know, um uh, you know, feasible, fiscally feasible to, to carry on publishing.
0: Yeah, there there's some publishers that not only rely on people coming in to look at their content to keep their traffic numbers up so that they can justify charging certain rates for their advertisements, but they also supplement their income with affiliate programs and affiliate links and other types of maybe um, pay-per-conversion or pay-per-lead advertising. So they actually do need to get somewhat qualified traffic in to convert on those because they need that money to supplement the money that they're making from advertising.
2: Okay. So, um, again, I want to take a break in a second, but I I – just want to reiterate or to to try to get out of you one more time is there any uh any tips or tricks or um possible pratfalls that webmasters should be thinking of um you know before before going ahead and putting up their paywall um and again i'm i you mentioned you mentioned cloaking a couple of sentences ago about um some well, publishers can't. are giving Google one experience while giving their users a totally different one.
0: Yeah, you can't do that. Um, so the downfalls would be make sure that you're providing the same experience to the robots and the people because you can get in trouble for for doing otherwise, right? Make sure that if you are segregating content away from the search engines, that the content that you are allowing people to see for free and the search engines to see for free contains the words for which you want to rank and is interesting enough and is bulky enough. You know, you can't be too thin on the content. You have to have enough there to get those organic rankings. And I'm, I'm thinking of people that don't necessarily fall into the the news category because they're relying on the organic index, not the news index, right? You ha- You can't be too thin because Google doesn't like thin content anymore, right? You almost have to write... And and I did this with a couple of my clients years ago. We had light versions of the stuff that was behind the paywall that we provided for free. And they were pretty lengthy articles. They just didn't go into nearly the depth that the the paid articles went into. But we had to have a certain number of those so that we had a website that could be crawled and indexed and pages that could rank. Because the pages that are behind the paywall, they're not going to get incoming links from outside. So they can't accrue links. They can't, it's very difficult to get them to rank.
2: You unless have to somebody have, looking for that specific subject.
0: Unless they, it's a very long tail search, right. But if you're trying to capture a new audience that may not necessarily know about you, the odds that they're going to have that specific of a search is low. So
3: you well, have indeed. to
0: ha- you have to have some free content. There has to be something free that people can come get to because people are very unlikely to pay for something that they haven't sampled first.
2: Indeed. Okay, and speaking of uh, paying for stuff that, we have, that that they haven't sampled first, folks, we got a whole bunch of stuff that you should both pay for and sample. Um, I'm terrible at these segues. we got to take a break here on, on Webculture, here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, we're, our guest, Carolyn Shelby, and I, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, will be back after these messages.
1: sit tight and move webcology we'll be back after this short break WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana
3: starts here. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it. And you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security, and keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code MANAGE to get managed WordPress for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix,
1: Or visit affiliateoffersnetwork.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Radio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
2: Hey, everyone, we're back with Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined by Carolyn Shelby, uh, SEO Director of the Tribune Company. Um, okay, we're rounding out the show. We're down to our last ten minutes, and there was uh, there's one piece that I really wanted to touch at the beginning of the show. Didn't get a chance. Didn't get a chance. to, to get to, to now? Uh, it was published in Marketing Land today, authored by Jason Demirs. Ten lies you should never believe from SEO gurus. And uh, I, Carol, okay. like I can feel you cringing from across the Skype lines.
0: I I can't even believe people are still saying this stuff. Like. I just I but uh, I can't. Which even.
2: stuff yeah. the uh, the ten lines of or the SEO guru line?
0: Okay, the guru line irritates me to no end. I I I've threatened. Well, okay, I haven't threatened. I've actually hit people with a ro- rolled up newspaper for referring to me as you know the company guru because it's guru and rock star and Jedi things like that. They they are so overused. They're they're just they're punchlines now. It's a joke and.
2: As opposed to the SEO assassin that you are, right?
0: I'm not an assassin.
2: <laughs> well, you just you just you just strike out violently at people with newspaper without a. Uh, we don't actually kill them, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's not being an assassin. I, being that's for- I'm I'm being <laughs> I'm disciplining a, an errant puppy.
2: <laughs> and every geek, every geek male in Webmaster Radio room just went, "Whoa, really? Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Let's go it's through n- the 10 great lies that um, quote unquote gurus will tell you.
0: I, I will happily read number one for you, but I wanted to preface this with SEO gurus are not the only ones who say this. There are salespeople that say this. So if you hear them from anyone, just don't believe it.
2: Yeah, All yeah right. this is stuff an honest SEO will not tell you.
0: Absolutely. So, number I can get you to the number one position on Google. Um, Well,
2: maybe you can. (laughs) Maybe you can. But
0: if that is in the contract, read the fine print on the contract. And the contract will stipulate that the company who's making this promise will get to determine what keyword phrase they will get you to number one for. And it doesn't specify what that phrase has to be. So I assure you, the phrase will be something really made up or obscure, because anybody can rank for something when they make the term up themselves. Blue Widget's
2: number five. That's what I rank for. Blue Widget's number five. Not Blue Widget's. Blue
0: Widget's number five. Right. It's like, oh, I can get you number one on Google for your name. If you're not already number one on Google for your name, you either have a really common name or you're doing something horrendously wrong.
2: Here's one that, like, uh, I, I know I was guilty of saying this really early in my career, and I was so wrong to have said it. Every industry is the same in the, as as you know to to SEOs. You don't. I don't need uh, specific experience in your field. Yeah. You know. I, I would tell people. You know. Google just sees it as a collection of characters. Right. A word is a word is a word. What I didn't realize is there's context to every word, and every industry has its own lingo, its own uh, rhythm, its own rhythm to common everyday words. You put them together in a. Uh, in a sentence, and you structure your sentences for the industry, not well, for the search engines.
0: For the industry and for the customers that would be searching for you online. There are different behaviors for different customers of specific industries. So you're you're building that in a way to attract the customers. You have to build to the way the customers search.
2: You know what? We're not going to get through all 10. There's no oh. way. It's not okay. all we're going have to do. What well, here's here's one. I'm gonna give you one of my favorites, and you you give me one of your favorites out of this this guy. Okay. okay. Hey, I love this one. My techniques are just too complicated to explain.
0: Oh my god!
2: I'm such a hipster, eh? I I do these techniques before these techniques were cool.
0: My techniques are too complicated to explain.
2: You wouldn't understand anyway.
0: Translates to, <laughs> I'm not going to prove to you that I've done anything because I haven't. <laughs> And I'm too lazy to pull reports.
2: That or I'm going to baffle gab you with a whole bunch of like, you know, technical words and jargon. And by the time I'm done, I'm going to try to charge you double.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Looking through this list, what jumps out at you?
0: Um, I'll submit your site to hundreds of search engine directories. I can't. This is another one. I can't believe anyone's still saying this. There's. There's no point in doing that. The other one that jumps out is the uh, duplicated content is. Who says that? <laughs> I like, have no honestly, idea. I, I, I get the people that panic because of tea and they don't quite understand you know the 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 meaning of duplicate content and the ramifications. But saying that duplicated content is fine, no one says that. I. Well, I well, you
2: know what? You must come across this problem all the time. People people crib from the trib left, right, and center, right? Yeah. So what do you do about it? What's, well, if, if, if it's not a problem, why is it
0: a problem? If it isn't a problem, why is it not a problem? Well, it's not a problem because we published it first. We published it first. We got it indexed first. Google sees us as being the originator, and that's fine. Um, generally, the people that are, that are stealing our content aren't uh, giving us credit for it. Um, but Google, they're they're such low quality sites. They don't, they're not even on our radar as being competitors. When we have clients that have an issue with people stealing their content, you know, you can, there's things you can do to fix that. You can do a DCMA, you can send them a cease and desist. You can send somebody over to, you know, tune them up Chicago style. There are, (laughs) there are things that can be done to, to take care of that, but it's, Duplicate, there is no penalty, but it's also not fine. It's like when you collect baseball cards. If I have five Ricky Henderson rookie cards, I'm not going to keep all five of them. I will pick the nicest one, and I will get rid of the rest. Because why should I store five when all I need is the nicest one? And that's what Google does with duplicate content. They pick the the piece of content that is either the original, the most authoritative, or the one they like the best, and that's the one they index, and the rest of them don't get included, which means they don't have an opportunity to rank.
2: That's a great simple explanation.
0: I am the queen of good explanations.
2: Oh wow! I thought you were the queen of Ladonia. Um, and, and good explanations. And, and, okay. Here's my favorite of all of them, and this one, I, I, this one actually come must come from a guru with a you know holding his hands up and a peace symbol. All you need is SEO, sister.
0: Oh, like, if you only know,
2: that were true. I know, eh? In a uh, and At one time, it actually was because at one time SEO search was the only way to actually find stuff on the internet, like back in 1999. But yeah. now there's a hundred different ways, maybe 101, because somebody must have must have gotten like uh, C round funding in the time it took to do this to do this show. There's 101 different ways to find information on the web now, most of which is pushed at you rather than you going to find it.
0: Right. Yeah, but non-diversification, putting all your eggs in one basket is always a bad idea. And it's been a bad idea for so long that not putting all your eggs in one basket was a saying before the internet existed.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Um, so beyond SEO, what does the Tribune do to get an article out there?
0: Um, we're an approved news source. So we're included in Google News and the biggest, um, Biggest, most reliable way that we get things into the news index is with the news uh, sitemap.xml. So we do rely pretty heavily on that. Uh, Google sends crawlers to crawl us constantly.
2: Um, I'm so glad you used those three letters, XML. I was trying to get at stuff like that earlier, that there's a whole bunch of technique and history and uh, you know, technical knowledge that goes into being an SEO beyond the... Uh, the link building of the last seven years. Uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but, uh, but uh, give me a, a segue to you know, I'm glad you said XML.
0: Oh, no. XML is, is hugely important, especially uh, with the sitemaps now. Um, and then the differences in the sitemaps, especially for Google, in terms of there's a news sitemap, a specific news sitemap, there's specific uh, images sitemaps, specific videos, specific for. Um, the regular site and they all have different attributes that they can, they look at and you have the opportunity to use. It's important that you're doing those correctly. If you need those items to be indexed, you can't always, Oh,
2: yeah, that's, 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 we're getting the the hook. hook. We're getting the hook. You know what? It's important you do a whole bunch of stuff correctly. And the way you learn to do a whole bunch of stuff correctly is staying tuned to webmasterradio.fm. Some great content coming up. Um, Carolyn Shelby, director of seo at the tribune company and also uh head pooba at sea seashell sells seo by the lakeshore that company um you know what you have to mention because i can't i don't have time i'm gonna get it wrong anyway
0: it's seashell search strategies you're killing me jim c search strategies you're killing me Jim look it
2: up you can look up the, the entire name c search strategies I, you're, killing I, I, and, you, Jim, adding, you're killing me Jim and I'm adding you're killing
0: me Jim to the homepage so that it'll rank
2: ah <laughs> there you go long tail uh Carolyn thank you so much for sitting in today I really uh, really appreciate the, the assist no problem thanks for inviting me friends you've listened to Webcology and Webmaster Radio Radio.fm edition 301 I might add stay tuned to the network amazing stuff coming up after these messages